0: Take your Bible tonight, please. Uh, turn back to Ephesians chapter 6 tonight, please. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, tonight, I want to continue the message that we began this morning, uh, looking at the whole armor of God uh, and the Lord's imperative, His command that we put on not some of the armor, Brother Ray, but all of it. Uh, we made the point this morning, we made the observation from Scripture this morning that we are... In a very real spiritual battle with a very real enemy, he goes by different names. He's the devil. He's Satan. Uh, He has different names. He's a fallen angel. He was created uh, by the Lord, but then rebelled against the Lord. He became prideful about the abilities that God gave him. Doesn't make any sense, does it? By the way, it doesn't make any more sense for us to be prideful about the abilities that God has given us. Uh, That pride led Satan to rebel against the Lord. He Uh, Fought a battle against the Lord. The Lord prevailed, of course, because He alone is omnipotent. Uh, Satan was expelled from heaven together with those uh, angels, those fallen angels, now demons, who joined in the battle with Satan on His side uh, in battle against the Lord. And and now they are very much in the business of fighting a spiritual battle uh, against God and His people. Now listen, the the devil. I was going to say the Satan, the devil knows that he's defeated and that his time is short. He knows that all he can do is what he can do, what God will allow. And you know, tonight I think he knows that even as God allows him to wage battle against his people, that there's defeat even in that. Because as we seek strength from the Lord to prevail in these battles, Uh, these battles that mostly take the form of temptation to sin, uh, as we draw on the Lord's strength and learn to do that, we grow stronger. And as we seek the Lord uh, for His way to prevail against temptation that the devil will aim at us, we learn and we apply. We learn how to apply these things uh, biblical principles, including, as we're seeing here today, uh, the armor of God that He has given us uh, to prevail. We're learning and we're growing and we're learning how to prevail in these battles. So uh, it's it's a great irony that as the Lord allows this, uh, as He allows the devil to launch attacks on, on His people, His people are strengthened. So um, don't be don't be um, angry at God for allowing Satan to have um, some degree of liberty at this time. The Lord is using that. He's using it. And He's given us everything that we need to use uh, to prevail. Now, I want to back up and say again, um, I had an interesting discussion outside after church this morning with one of the men, very insightful man. He, um, he talked about how uh, how does the devil attack us? Uh, what, what is the, the nature of his attack? Uh, and we said, well, different kinds of temptations that the devil is somehow able to, uh, to put before us. We don't understand exactly how that is, but we know that uh, he's able to tempt us in certain ways. And this brother uh, said this. He said, you know, it's very interesting. Satan doesn't know. He does not know what will be most tempting to us. He's not omniscient like God is, so all he can do is, is keep trying until he finds something that we'll give in to. And you know from experience, I'm sure, that once the devil finds something, a weak spot, a chink in your armor, if you will, or perhaps a missing piece of your armor, once he finds an end, the missing breastplate, the missing belt, the missing helmet, whatever it is, Uh, Once he finds a weakness, uh, he's smart. He continues to focus on that place until you do something about that with God's help. And so what we're doing today is we're looking at the ways that God helps. God strengthens us for battle to resist temptation that Satan throws up at us we are learning to put on the spiritual armor that God has given us. And each piece, as you know, is likened to a piece of the armor that a Roman soldier would have worn uh, as Rome went into those great battles that they did. Uh, the helmet, the breastplate, the shoes uh, specialized for, for, for battle, uh, the belt that held everything together, um, the sword, uh, all those things. and. The Lord has likened different parts of the armor, armature that He has given us spiritually uh, to those parts of the uh, physical uh, armor that a Roman soldier would have had. Now listen, there, there may be chinks in your armor today because you've, you've not put on the whole armor. There's, you know, God, what God gives us is perfect. If you've put on truth or righteousness, it's, it's perfect. Uh, but we have to put on each and every part. I, I made the point this morning twice. We had the observation from Scripture. Twice the Lord says, put on the whole armor. You can't leave some of this out and think that you're going to have consistent victories against the devil when he shoots temptations at you. Uh, and various temptations, uh, sexual things, uh, emo- emotional temptations. Uh, be discouraged. Be frustrated. Be depressed. Uh, be defeated, whatever it is, whatever it is, Uh, we can have victory if we'll put on all these things. So this morning we saw truth, uh, the first thing, pictured as a belt that holds everything in place. That's part of it. It's first on the list. Uh, The truth, the absolute objective truth as defined by God, who is absolutely objectively truthful in his words. He reveals truth. His word is truth. We saw, we put on righteousness, which is likened to a breastplate. We know what is righteous because God's word is truth. And I wanna keep bringing out tonight how these different parts of the armor work together. They work synergistically to help us have battles in spiritual victories. Uh, Just like a Roman soldier who went out to battle, uh, those different parts of the armor work synergistically. They work together to protect him and to help him have a victory. Uh, He's got a shield. He's got a sword. Those can be, well, the sword will be mostly offensive. The shield will be both offensive and defensive. But he's got his protective, defensive armor as well. Those parts work together. They work together. So the truth, God's truth, shows us what is righteous. And righteousness in our lives affords us some protection. Uh, Occupying yourself with righteous things, uh, with God's help, with his strength, uh, crowds out the opportunity for temptation or distraction. We saw that. This morning also we saw the, uh, the preparation uh, of the gospel or preparation to share the gospel, uh, which is likened to having your feet shod for battle, your feet covered uh, and protected for battle. That's more of an offensive weapon, going out and sharing the gospel with others, uh, in part, I believe, so that they become less of a temptation to us. That's part of God's strategy here. Tonight, we'll see fairly quickly here uh, the next three things, and also, you might say seventh, the importance of prayer uh, as well. I'm going to pray real fast. We're going to jump in here. So uh, get your notebook ready. Get your Bible ready. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. We'll pick it up right around verse 16 tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, thank you that your word reveals you to be the God of truth and that your word, thy law, is the truth. Lord, we accept that tonight. You've shown us that. You've convicted us of that. Thank you, Father, tonight that we can rely upon you and your word Because you've given it, you've you've preserved it, so we have truth preserved for us so that we can know how to prevail in this spiritual battle that we're in. Father, I don't know all the battles that different people are facing tonight. There's there's physical things, afflictions, there's financial struggles. Uh, Lord, there's many things that could tempt us to be frustrated or discouraged or angry, uh, Father, I pray tonight that we stand firm against anger at you, uh, frustration, whatever, whatever the temptation is tonight, Lord, uh, whether it's some uh, sexual thing, a lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, temptation to be prideful and angry in our pride, Lord, whatever it is, uh, I pray tonight that you help each of us to put on all of the armor that you have provided and equipped us with so that we may prevail, so that we may stand uh, in the face of temptation, Lord, and remain engaged in, in doing battle for you and doing service for you and, and bringing honor and glory to you even in the face of all these battles that we face. Lord, help us to take up these things now. I pray in Jesus' name, uh, amen. I want to give you uh, three, we'll say four, uh, four more items tonight that you need to have as part of your armor as you do spiritual battle. Listen tonight, whether you like it or not, you are in a spiritual battle. Whether you choose to acknowledge it or not, you have a very real enemy uh, who is coming against you. Uh, You think back to World War II, some nations, really even our own nation for a short time, uh, tried to ignore the fact that we had enemies that opposed us and yet the enemies came uh, and we were drawn into battle. Well. Uh, we have to take care tonight to recognize that we have an enemy. He is waging war against us, and so we need to uh, put on the armor so that we may prevail for the Lord. That's, this is a need, and this is why it's addressed tonight here uh, in Scripture. Please look at verse 14, uh, uh, verse 16, forgive me. Verse 16 uh, says this, Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye, grammatically all of us, shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Uh, Back in the first century and before uh, that, after that as well, uh, warfare was obviously very different, and one of the things that was employed in warfare were literal fiery darts. Uh, Arrows would be... Uh, shot at uh, your enemy, uh, they, they would be flaming arrows. And uh, th- if they hit a building, they could create a fire. If they hit you, obviously that's not good for you. Uh, sometimes I understand the shields that were used were treated in a way or just soaked with water so that they uh, would not catch fire. Uh, what's pictured here though? Above all, take the shield, uh, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye uh, shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the next thing we see here tonight, I gave you three this morning, so I'm going to call this number four uh, on the list. The fourth component of our armor is faith. Uh, it's faith which is likened to a shield, the shield that a, uh, that a soldier would go into battle with. Now, it's, it, it's designed to protect from... Uh, the attack, the offensive attack, but sometimes it could be used as as an offensive uh, piece of the armor as well. Nonetheless, what it's picturing here is faith. Uh, It's picturing faith. One man says to live by faith. Please hear this. To live by faith, trusting God against every such flaming arrow becomes a shield deflecting the attack of the enemy. Now hear this, please. If you have faith in God to protect you in the battle, uh, the enemy cannot have certain kinds of victories. Uh, We know from scripture some of the things that Satan wants to tempt us with are fear, uh, anxiety, and worry. Fear, anxiety, and worry. If, If you know, if you believe that you are protected from something that you might be afraid of, or be anxious about or worry about. Uh, no one can cause you to be anxious or worried uh, or afraid. The Bible pictures uh, faith as a shield that protects us from attack. You know the devil wants you to be afraid. You know, Why is that? Well, fear is really the opposite of faith. You understand that? Fear is really the opposite of faith. Uh, the devil wants us to fear because that's really pulling us away from a trust in or faith in God. He wants to throw up challenges or trials or difficulties that will create a temptation to fear, uh, to be pulled into a downward spiral of fear, worry, and anxiety, rather than simply trusting in God, knowing that he is protecting us. So if you have faith, um, faith protects from fear. You understand that? Uh, Faith is pictured as a shield that will protect us from an attack that is designed by our enemy to cause us to worry, to fear, uh, to suffer anxiety. Listen, according to the Bible, we can trust the Lord to protect us. Uh, He is worthy of our faith. Uh, I've said before, let me say it again before we continue. How much sense would there be in not trusting God to protect you uh, how, much, how much sense would it make to not put your faith in God to protect you between here and heaven uh, if you've already put your faith in Him for eternity? If you've trusted God with eternity, why not trust Him with your today and your tomorrow uh, and the next day? If you've trusted God to protect you from hell, why not trust him to protect you from an enemy who is going to wind up in hell, lake of fire? Listen, that's what makes sense. Get a hold of that. Uh, The Bible says this, God is our shield. Genesis 15 and verse 1, uh, God told Abram, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God said that to Abram, fear not. I am thy shield. Don't make sense to fear if the Lord is your shield. And by the way, if you're one of his people, he is your shield. You just put your faith in him. You have put your faith in Christ for salvation, put your faith in the Lord to protect you uh, from worry anxiety and fear and spiritual battle. Deuteronomy 33, the Bible says, "'Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help.'" The Lord is pictured as the shield of his people. Psalm 3 and verse 2 says this, many there be, uh, the psalmist says, many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for me, uh, for him in God. Say la. but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Listen, I want to encourage you to stop and pray that tonight. You know, there's people out there, Lord, who say uh, there's no help you, 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 you're not real. You, you can't help me, but I know that you're real and that you can help me. Uh, Lord, you are a shield for me. You are my glory. You're the one who lifts up my head. You give me hope and peace uh, in the face of fearful things, things that might tempt us to fear and worry uh, and to spiral down into anxiety. Uh, no, the Lord is our shield. He is our protector Uh, from things that might be sources of worry and fear uh, and anxiety. Hear this please, earlier we saw that the Lord arms us with the breastplate of righteousness. If you will uh, yield to the Lord, there's a a holiness that the Holy Spirit imparts in us. And if we'll live in that holiness, uh, we're just not available to do wickedness. Uh, we're far less likely to be distracted by the temptation to do whatever if we are focused on, if we are engaged in doing righteousness. Um, In Psalm 5 and verse 12, we see that those who take up that righteousness are blessed by the Lord with His protection, uh, which is pictured as a shield. Write down this reference, please. Psalm 5 and verse 12, for thou O Lord." No, let me try again. The psalmist says, "...For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as with a shield." The psalmist says, "...For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him uh, as with a shield." So here again, you see scripture uh, combining these different parts, these different elements of the armor. They work together synergistically. Uh, God God has equipped us with these different uh, facets of his help, uh, and they work together. Uh, I believe we can see in Scripture they work together to give us a greater help in total than anyone could uh, if you just added them up all together. There's a synergistic effect as we put on these things that the Lord gives us. Uh, Righteousness, if you'll put on righteousness... Uh, The Lord protects us as a blessing for living righteously. Uh, That's wonderful truth. Uh, That's wonderful truth. Uh, Pastor, I just don't know about this protection thing. Well, uh, yield to the Lord, to his word. Ask him to strengthen you to live righteously and ask him to bless you with his protection, a shield of, of protection. And as he does, ask him to grow your faith. Ask him to grow your faith in him. Uh, recognizing that he really is a God that uh, serves as our protector in spiritual things. But, Pastor, God lets bad things happen to good people. Yes, he does. He allows trials to happen, but it's always for a good purpose, at least uh, unto unto those that love the Lord. Uh, It's always for a good purpose for his people. Uh, He's a spiritual protector no matter what, though, you may say, well, God doesn't always protect people physically. He allows them to get sick. He allows them to get robbed. Uh, he'll he'll uh, sometimes allow someone to be killed, to be, to be murdered. Uh, so how do we say that? Well, yes, but he has his purposes for that. What we're looking at here tonight is spiritual protection in spiritual battle. God has made an absolute promise of spiritual protection in spiritual battle. Don't confuse the two. Don't say, oh, I can't trust God to be a a reliable, uh, I can't put my faith in God to be my shield, my protector, because I can see that God does not always protect people physically. That part is true. He'll allow physical trials so that his people can grow spiritually. But understand that he promises to be a spiritual help in spiritual battle. He's a consistent, reliable, spiritual help in spiritual battle, and therefore, you can put your trust and your faith uh, in him. Psalm 28 and verse seven, the psalmist says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, trusted in him. I trust him, I, I put my faith in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth with my song will I praise him. Listen, tonight, um, if you have been helped by the Lord in spiritual battle, if, if you've taken up the armor and, and God has uh, helped you to employ these various parts of the armor to have a victory, meaning you did not give into temptation to do some sinful thing, that's something to praise God about. I know our Sunday night theme has been praising God in, in the later Psalms. Well, here tonight, we see that again. Uh, Therefore, my heart rejoice, greatly rejoices, and with song will I praise him. Uh, you could praise God tonight, whether you think you've experienced this or not. You have, and, and even if you, you hadn't, you could say, Lord, I, I, I trust you. I put my faith in you uh, that, that you will be a protector for me. Uh, and therefore I do not have to give in to the temptation to worry and fear or anxiety. And Lord, you know what? Tonight, even before I see that, before I experience that, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you because I know your word is the truth. I know you're a reliable, trustworthy God, and so I'll praise you even ahead of time. That's faith. That's faith, and if you'll praise him for that, that's faithfulness. Uh, Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Psalm 115 and verse 11 says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Have faith. He is their help and their shield. Put your faith in the Lord. He is a protector in spiritual battle. Faith is a great protector. Uh, Pastor, I, I, you know, my faith is weak. It wobbles uh, more than I'd like it to. Um, ask God to help you with that. Ask God to grow your faith. Now, honestly, he may do that through trials. He may grow your faith by revealing himself to be faithful in the midst of trials. Uh, He may do that by allowing you to experience some spiritual battle where uh, he can prove himself to you. That's not the worst thing. The worst thing would be never experiencing anything that grows your faith. That would be far worse than experiencing some difficulty in your life. Um, So we see here, uh, the Lord, uh, he can be trusted. We can put our faith in him. Uh, As a result, we have nothing to fear. Psalm 56, verse 3, the psalmist says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Lord, when I'm afraid, I'll I'll, I'll put my trust in you. Um, I'll say this, and then we'll move on. If God is our protector, the enemy cannot cause us to stumble in fear, anxiety, and worry. Let me say that differently. I want to say that just a little bit differently. If you can trust God to be your protector... If you can put your faith in the Lord, whom you have already trusted with your eternity, uh, I hope you've done that at least, uh, if you can trust God, if you can put your faith in him, the enemy cannot cause you to stumble into fear, anxiety, or worry. And as a result, when spiritual battles come, when temptations come, we can say, for by faith, We stand. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. And at the end of the battle, when that particular spiritual battle is over, you understand we're in a war that consists of battles that follow sequentially. We're in a we're in a war all the way home to heaven. Uh, But when the end of a particular battle comes, or you might say when you cross the finish line and enter into heaven into the Lord's presence you'll be able to say, for by faith in the Lord we stood. For by faith in the Lord I stood. When the, when the temptations to fear and worry came, I, I put my faith in the Lord, and, and I came through that battle standing, not cowering down in a corner, worried, anxious, and afraid, but I put my faith in the Lord. It, that became a shield to me in spiritual battle, and I knew a victory, and so I'll praise the Lord for that. Lord, grow our faith. Lord, grow our faith. What I do with this pastor, pray, Lord, grow, your, grow my faith. Get into the Bible, let God work in your heart through his words, he'll grow your faith. Uh, Pray, pray, Lord, grow my faith. When trials come, uh, when difficulties come, let that draw you close to the Lord. Let let him use that to teach you to rely upon him. Let him use that to to teach you how faithful he is, that will grow your faith in him. Uh, Don't waste a trial, don't waste a trial. Uh, the next thing we see here, the next thing we see here, uh, the fifth thing on our list, so we saw three this morning, four. The fifth thing we see on the list is, is salvation itself. Uh, it's salvation itself. Earlier, we saw righteousness. And that, that's not the righteousness that's paid onto our account when we're saved, but this is uh, this is the fifth component of the uh, spiritual armor that we see in Scripture uh, is salvation it 's being saved, and this is pictured as the helmet the helmet that you would put on to go into battle uh, that's that 's the picture here. one man says, even as the head is the most important part of the body as a helmet protects the head, indeed, our salvation and the assurance thereof is therefore of crucial importance this morning I mentioned um, isaiah fifty nine remember I was talking about Uh, Paul, he's in prison in Rome, he's being guarded by a Roman soldier, and Brother A, that soldier becomes an illustration for him as he's writing. Um, But the Word of God also supplies this illustration as well. Uh, Make a note, please, in Isaiah 59 and verse 17, I want to encourage you to be taking notes tonight. In Isaiah 59 and verse 17, the Lord is pictured with a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation upon his head. Uh, in Isaiah 59 and verse 17, the Bible says, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. He is righteous and he, the Lord imparts his righteousness to us when we come to him for salvation. When we come to Christ as lost people, recognizing that we're sinners, and that he alone is the way of salvation. He alone paid the price uh, for our sin uh, upon the cross where he shed his blood, he died, he buried, he was rose again. Um, He alone made it possible, uh, he paid his righteousness onto my account, made it possible for me to occupy a position of righteousness uh, before God the Father. Uh, The Lord is righteous, He's pictured as having a helmet of salvation that He offers to us. We are called to take His righteousness upon ourselves to live it out uh, after we've put on the salvation that He alone offers through His Son. Isaiah 59, verse 17, very important in this context. God makes it all possible. Uh, Christ and the cross makes all of this possible. There'd be no salvation, Uh, there'd be no possibility of God's strength in our life and, and these uh, victories by putting on these things that God had given us, uh, apart from Christ. You see that in Isaiah 59, verse 17. So please get that into uh, into your notes. By the way, if you're not sure that you're saved tonight, boy, you need to get that right. You need to recognize that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. and that There's consequences. The wages of sin is death. Uh, the good news is that Lord Jesus Christ died to take your place in hell. Uh, of course, He didn't have to go to hell, it was finished upon the cross. Uh, but just please understand that, that he paid the price for your sin so that you could have an eternal life with him in a very real heaven. All you need to do is turn to him with a humble, repentant faith and place your trust in him. Uh, there's, there's more you need to understand, but that's, that's the basic idea. Please, please contact us. Come and talk to us if, if, if you have questions about that. So here's a question for the rest of us. How is it that salvation protects us, Brother Ray, in spiritual battle. How is is the fact that we're saved, we put on the the helmet of salvation, how does that protect us in spiritual battle? I think there's a couple things that that we might say about that. Uh, We've already seen that God provides His people, saved people, strength for battle. Uh, We looked earlier this morning at the strength, might that God affords his people as we yield to him, filling with the spirit as we yield the spirit, so forth. Uh, the, Lord, uh, the Lord makes his strength available to his people. You're not one of his people unless you've you've come to Christ and, and confessed your sin and placed your faith in him, a humble repentant faith. But if you have, you're one of his people. You've been placed into the family of God and now his promises become promises to you and His strength is made available to you. We need that. You know that's true. We, we need that. Uh, he alone equips us. He alone equips us with, with these things. Now, you're not these... Let me back up and catch my breath. The whole armor of God is not available to you in a complete way until you're saved, until you put on the helmet of salvation, these other things are really not available to you. These things are available to saved people. Now, you could say, I can know some truth. Yep, that, that's true. I could, try to, I could try to be righteous. That's true, but uh, the righteousness that our own effort produces, according to the Bible, the Bible likens that to filthy rags, filthy rags. Uh, so this armor is, is for saved people. This armor is for saved people. The strength of God is available to people who are in Christ, saved. The armor of God is available to people who are in Christ, uh, who are saved. Listen, you you don't get issued uh, a military uniform unless you join the military, right? You don't get issued the whole armor of God unless you're in, unless you're in Christ, saved, saved. Just makes sense, right? Uh, So salvation, of course. uh, Of course, it's part of the armor. The the helmet of salvation. Uh, It's really the key to the other armor. It's it's a key thing here. Uh, It's a key thing. It is because of Christ uh, and the salvation of Christ that we find in Christ uh, that this is possible. I want you to note this also tonight. I want you to note this also tonight. Uh, In fact, once you turn, keep your place here, but turn over to 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 8. Go there, please, real fast, as fast as you can get there. Uh, I'd have you do a sword drill if you were here. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 8. There's a very important observation here, and uh, it's always good to compare Scripture with Scripture. There's lots of good tools to help you do that. You have inexpensive Bible software. I use that can help you find verses that are related to one another. Uh, of course, there's there's other ways that you can do that, um, uh, print references that are available. Come and talk to me about that, please. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 8 says this, But let us who are of the day, this is to say, people, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Now, see this next phrase, please. Why don't you underline this? And for an helmet the hope of salvation, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Salvation is the key to having the strength of God, and it's really the prerequisite, being in Christ, like being in the army. You get the uniform when you're in Christ, when you're saved. But this helmet is also uh, described as the hope of salvation. I think that's an important observation to make here because of what? What is one of the devil's greatest desires? One of the devil's greatest desires is to tempt you to hopelessness. Many people are hopeless. We meet Christians who feel pretty hopeless. Uh, The devil wants to tempt you to focus on negative things, ungodly things, ungodly people, your past sin, uh, the difficulty of trials. He wants you to focus on the philosophies of the world, uh, all the competing messages, godless messages that are out there today fighting for our attention uh, in large part so that he can bring you to a place where you feel hopeless. Listen, if you feel hopeless, you might get very anxious and depressed. Uh, you might take your life. That's the devil's ultimate hope, no doubt. Uh, if you feel very hopeless, you might stop serving the Lord. You might pull away from the Lord. You might stop reading your Bible and praying. You might stop serving. You might stop coming to church because what's the point? Well, there is a point. We have a great and certain hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the hope of, of, of eternal forgiveness of sin, eternal life. And, and Bible hope, as I say so often, is certain hope. Uh, you have the hope, uh, the absolute certain hope of being home in heaven, uh, the, the next breath after you draw your last breath, this side of heaven, if you've placed your faith in Christ. Uh, You have the hope of coming back with Christ uh, at His second coming uh, at the end of the tribulation. Uh, You have the hope of being raptured and getting a new body uh, uh, before the the tribulation and of returning with Him uh, and witnessing His military victory at Armageddon um, and experiencing a a thousand-year Millennium, a thousand year millennial reign of of Christ on earth and ruling and reigning with him. Listen, we have so many hopes. Uh, We have so many hopes. The devil wants us to get our eyes off of that and to get our eyes on other things that are wicked and not true and distracting and cause you to despair and to be anxious and to be depressed and to lose hope. Salvation is a helmet that is likened to the hope of salvation. Uh, This helmet is likened to the hopefulness, the certain hope that we find in Christ. Don't ever allow yourself to feel hopeless. And when you do, if you do, get yourself into the Bible and and let God reveal uh, the the certain hope that the believer has uh, all over again. So, yes, the helmet of salvation it's the key to all the other, uh, getting all the other armor issued to us, but it's also the key to the certain hope that believers have. And if you have that, you can have victory over an enemy who is trying to lead you to a place of despair and hopelessness. Uh, despair and hopelessness is a lie to the believer. There's no reason to despair. We are never hopeless, and so once you know that, uh, that you have certain hope in Christ, you have a victory over an enemy who tries to lead you to that place. Uh, let's go just a little bit further here. Um, the sixth thing is is the Bible uh, and the preaching of the Bible. Uh, we gain victory in spiritual battle. We gain victory over the wiles of Satan um, through the Bible and the preaching of the Bible, uh, which is likened to a sword, as you know. The Bible is likened to a sword in Scripture. See, verse well, the second part of verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know Hebrews 4 and verse 12, where the Bible says, the Word of God is quick. It's alive. Quick means alive and powerful, it's powerful, and sharper than any two-edged, what is it? Sword. Uh, The Bible likens uh, the Word of God uh, to a sword. It it is uh, powerful. Uh, It divides truth from error. Uh, It discerns the thoughts and intents of of our hearts and intents of our hearts. Um, The Bible, the Word of God, and the preaching of the word of God is part of the armor that God gives us to prevail against a real enemy, his wiles. Um, I want you to understand this also. Um, In verse 17, it does refer to the Bible, sword of the Spirit, sword of the Spirit. uh, God's words have been given to men to write down by the Holy Spirit who's inspired them. So. We can see in Scripture there are the words of the Father uh, given to the Son and then given to men through the ministry, the inspiration ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, and then preserved by God according to His promise, supernaturally. It's it's a supernatural thing. The Bible shows us that. The Bible shows us here, refers here to to, uh, the Bible as the sword of the Spirit. I think the word of God here very likely refers to the preaching of those words. Why do I say that? Well, it has been observed that the word that is translated word, no wordplay here, uh, the word that is translated word uh, refers to, literally refers to the spoken word. It literally refers to uh, the spoken word. And so. What is implied by that is preaching, the, the speaking of the Word of God. So I think in verse, the second part of verse 17, you have here uh, the words of God, the sword of the Spirit, and the giving forth of those words, uh, the speaking forth, the heralding forth of the words of God. Um, now, I want to ask you a question. What institution did the Lord create to be focused on giving forth his words. Uh, what institution is that? Well, of course, it's, it's churches like this one. Uh, in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, Paul writes of his desire and God's desire that Timothy, quote, know how he ought to behave himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So the Lord has given churches to be the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, By the way, there's another link back to one of the other parts of the armor. The first one on the list, number one on your list from this morning, was the truth, which girds us about, holds everything together. Uh, God has given His Word as the recorded true revelation, and He has given... Uh, his institution of local church, uh, His local assemblies, uh, and tasked them with preaching, giving forth those words which are His truth. Well, why is that so important? Well, it's because we need to hear them preached. Uh, we need to hear them taught. Why is that? Well, it's because the Word of God is, is the key to living this life that we're called to live. Uh, you're familiar with 2 Timothy 3.16 where the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, teaching what is truth. For reproof, it convicts us of wrong and when we are wrong. Uh, and for correction, which is being uh, God aligning us with his truth according to his words. And for, you know the verse, instruction in what? Righteousness. Well, righteousness is, is part of the armor of God also. So you see how these things are all tied together. Uh, the Lord says, put on the whole armor. The parts of the armor work together synergistically to afford us supernatural spiritual protection from the Lord Uh, It's supernatural, but it's also very practical. We have a very practical need to prevail in spiritual battle, to gain victory over the temptations of the enemy. That's a very practical need that we have. The way we achieve that is in some ways practical, but it's through God working supernaturally through these things, uh, supernaturally through these things. The Word of God instructs us in righteousness righteousness is part of the armor. Uh, there's the, bless, the breastplate of righteousness uh, that we saw this morning. And so again, I, I hope that we're seeing how all these things work together. That's the armor. Um, Paul closes this section and I want to just read it quickly. I, I want to just read it quickly. Look with me in verse 18, please. He um, has covered the armor Really, six parts, six parts of the armor, and then he goes immediately to the importance of prayer. And we will do we will do well to do the same thing tonight. God help us to put on the armor to be very intentional about taking up the things that you have given us to aid us when temptation comes from the enemy. Uh, you want to be in the business of praying about that. Lord, help me not just to know these things, but to take them up and to put them on. If you're not saved tonight, you need to be saved. It's not good to just know how to be saved. You need to get down on your knees or at least bow your heart before God and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Your word says that. I know that Jesus Christ is the Savior. The Bible says that. You've convicted me. That's true. Uh, Lord, tonight I need to put my faith in Christ, in the payment that he made for me upon the cross, and I trust him to be my savior tonight. That's, that's the key. It's not good enough to just know the way of salvation. You've got to act upon what you know and place your faith in Christ if you want to be saved uh, and then get the, the armor issued to you. You need to be in Christ to get the armor issued to you. And so you want to pray and do that. Well, believers will pray and say, Lord, I, boy, I, I need to be More faithful to employ all of the armor that you have issued to me as a believer, someone who is in Christ. And so, Lord, I ask you to help me. And so, I'm not surprised that Paul moves right from the armor to prayer. See verse 18. He says, Praying always, it's PR, pray I N G, an ongoing thing. We're called to be praying, not pray and done. But to be praying, uh, prayers to be a, an active part of our everyday life, an ongoing thing. Praying always uh, with all prayer and supplication, uh, prayer and supplication. Uh, prayer, supplications are, are prayers about specific needs. Prayer is kind of like worshipful prayer. Supplications are making your requests. Lord, I'm in a spiritual battle. I, I, I need you to help me put on the armor. Help me to get a hold of your truth and help me to hold it together as a hold forth to your truth. Uh, help me, uh, whatever it is, <laughs> Lord, uh, help, help me to get serious here about righteousness uh, and, and standing firm in that. And uh, Lord, my feet prepared to share the gospel and uh, all of these things. Lord, Lord, help me get serious about these things because I'm in a battle. Uh, supplication in the spirit, in the spirit. Well, to be in the Spirit is to be yielded to the Spirit. And I've been talking a lot about this lately, uh, for a long time, I guess. Prayer is to be yielded prayer. Lord, show me what to pray. You come to the Bible, you, you pray, Lord, show me what, what you want me to see. And Lord, show me how you want me to apply it. When you pray in the Spirit, you, your, your heart is bowed to the Lord and you're saying, Lord, yield me to pray those things that you would have me to pray. Maybe you've got a prayer list as long as your arm, and, and realistically, you probably couldn't pray through all those things, but as you kind of look over the list, you, you just prayerfully say, Lord, help me to focus my attention and my prayer time today on, on those things that you would have me to pray about today, and Lord, guide my words as I pray. Guide my thoughts. Guide my words as Uh, We pray about the armor, maybe there's some specific area that God has been dealing with you about. You know, there needs to be a greater righteousness in my life, Pastor. Okay, tell the Lord. Ask him to help you put on the breastplate of righteousness. As you yield to the Holy Spirit, that's the key. He brings a holiness forth in our lives. That's the key. You cannot do it. You yield, he issues you the breastplate of righteousness, and you benefit in the spiritual battle. Praying always with all supplication in the spirit uh, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Pray for yourself and pray for others and persevere in that. Pray for yourself and pray yielded prayers for others and persevere in that. Don't don't be one and done. You You make that part of your regular spiritual routine. Paul says this in verse 19 and we're done. He says, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Why is Paul praying that here? Pray pray that I'll be able to share the gospel. Well, that's one of the parts of the armor, right? Uh, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Being ready to share the gospel is one of the keys for victory in spiritual battle. As people come to Christ, they become less of a spiritual threat to us. I suggested this morning, that's one thought about that. Paul is asking them to pray for him that he would be able to do that. In this context, that makes perfect sense. He's praying so that he will know victory in battle as people come to Christ. Well, we need to do the same. We need to do the same. The Lord is giving us this example. Lord, help us. Uh, help us to put on the armor, each part of it, the whole armor, uh, including sharing the gospel. Help us to be prayerful about these things. Um, and please don't forget, as God gives you victories, as he answers your prayers and give you victory, gives you victories, praise him, thank him, rejoice in that. Give him praise and honor and glorify him. Tell him thank you and tell others. Find a brother or sister in Christ, someone here in the church. Call them up, text them, whatever. When you see them here at church Sunday morning at 11 or Wednesday night at 7, uh, tell them. Tell them, let me tell you about the victory the Lord has given me in this area where I was really tempted and struggling or where I had given into temptation, but now I'm not. I have a, there's a victory. God helped me to put on this part of the armor and that part of the armor as I prayed. And sure enough, there's victory now over that temptation in my life. Do that, please. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for your power in our lives. Thank you for the strength that you um, provide us with. Thank you for the armor the armor that you've made available to us to prevail in spiritual battle. Lord, I know it's you working through the armor. It's you working in all of those things that the armor pictures that makes these victories possible. Lord, I thank you for the victories that we can know over temptation. Um, It's a help to us. But once again tonight, Lord, I thank you that as we take up your word and with your help, apply these things in our lives, that brings honor and glory to you. Lord, I desire that tonight. I pray each of us will. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: If you would take your bulletins to page number 12, you'll find Send the Light. It's on 5, number 65 in our hymnal. We'll sing all four verses that are listed of Send the Light. There's a call come ringing o'er the westless waves. Send the light, send the light. Their souls to rescue, their souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today send the light, send the light and the golden offering at the cross we lay send the light send the light send the light the blessed gospel light let it shine from shore to shore send the light the blessed gospel light let it shine forevermore let us pray that grace may everywhere abound send the light send the light and the christ-like spirit everywhere be found send the light send the light send the light the blessed gospel light let it shine from shore to shore send the light the blessed gospel light let it shine forevermore and the last let us not grow weary work of love send the light send the light Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word. I pray that you would help us to employ the armor of God every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.